Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Chats with Children. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by my good friend, Hayden Bohm, who is the Head of Commercial Marketing for Connected Labs at Merck Life Sciences. And today, we're going to be talking about value creation. Hayden, how are you? I'm good. Hey, well done. You, that's, a, that's a mouthful there. So, uh, you've got, 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 got well done. <laughs> yeah, and I wasn't really reading it off the script either, so it was really good. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, uh, and I see you in, in your nice summer shirt down in Cornwall. I'm glad the sun's shining where you are. It's such shiny, shining even here in Surrey today. Um, we're going to be talking about value creation, but before we do that, the last time you and I met was in Chicago, in Pitcon, where you actually had a global launch for Lenexo. So... Perhaps you could tell people a little bit about that and uh, how the launch went. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's probably the last time I left the house as well uh, for work. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, this was um, yeah, our, our global launch of, of the Nexo, and, and that was really geared. Where I think we, we met originally at the press conference. We did, yeah. Uh, where we were sort of talking about how um, you know inventory management or materials lifecycle management within sort of you know healthcare and pharma biotech how actually that has a, a pretty significant impact on sort of value creation within uh, an organization we talked about how that can have a you know, significant impact on the utility of resources and how you know, how much you need to sort of cut as a resource aspect your sort of you know costs associated to you know, you know, production and development and, and, and running a business or running a life science business in terms of what the end game is sure. and also then your capacity to you know basically deliver therapies faster so you know where you know looking at these sort of materials life cycle management how that's a necessity but actually it's been sort of taking a huge amount of sort of a time burden on scientists so it's taken away from those sort of value creation tasks so it's we were sort of really framing the fact that this can not only sort of help reduce the sort of spoilage waste motion waste improve the integrity and, uh, and and then sort of the secondary use of that sort of materials information that needs to be put through for submissions to fda and other regulatory authorities um and then uh, yeah so um so yeah so that's sort of where we were launching um for me i'd say that sort of the pickup and the interest has been uh, really good uh from customers because you know the aspect of having a, a remote working and, and the fact that you can sort of utilize the digital yep. technology as we sort of moved into this next phase of 2020 where de-densification and redensification have become a priority and digital transformation programs have been accelerated as we've got to find a new normal way of working um, where the outcome is still not 100% landed. Um, yeah, I think there's been a huge amount of interest to look at, right, how could we accelerate, you know, pr you know our productivity? How could we sort of recoup and, and do things better where, you know, we've, we've had to have a sort of bit of a standing start. So the, the interest in terms of sort of understanding the technology and, and implementing the technology has, uh, has really grown um, during these very troubling times for, for, uh, for, you know, from the globe. Yeah, sure. And, and Lenexo itself is an app, isn't it, that people can have on their phone so that they can manage their infantry within the laboratory? Yeah, well, it, it's a mixture. It's a sort of a hybrid. So you, you have a software component to it, um, which, and then a mobile app, which allows you for that digital data capture on mobile devices in the laboratory. It's sort of point of use. And then you have a, a web application, which then allows you to sort of manage, um, you know, in clean room scenarios uh, or remote scenarios where you can sort of plan work, plan your experiments and then come in and just know exactly where things are. So you don't have that sort of waste of travel, motion waste of, and the potential to sort of, you know, 
to overcrowding in labs. So, um, so that's it's a, that, that sort of you know hybrid has really enabled a lot of um, you know customers to meet their new challenges that they face in terms of sort of you know trying to return to a new normal. Fantastic. And uh, just to say, if you haven't seen Hayden's fantastic little demo that he did for me at Pitcon, showing the application of Linux. So there will be a link to the video on this post as well. So you can check that out later. So moving on, let's talk about value creation. And I know you presented today because I uh, popped into the Farmer IQ Future Laboratory Informatics event. You presented today on that. So perhaps you can tell viewers a little bit more about uh, what you were talking about and, uh, you know, how you see the future going. Yeah, no, uh, so this is um, a different topic uh, that we've presented on, a different sort of product that we have here. Uh, again, focused around value creation within sort of the uh, life science industries and pharma, and really um, sort of looking at the sort of the um, you know, analytical data and scientific data, sort of the outputs of, of the experimentation, um, and in terms of how that data you know, it is captured in, in different ways, be it sort of a mixture of digital analog and, and the fact it's not sort of has not doesn't have sort of meta data or sort of data about the data associated to it, which has, you know, been ongoing for a huge number of years. And, and we sort of frame it with the fact that, you know, um, there's a, there was a um, Price Waterhouse Coopers commissioned a, a sort of paper through the European Commission to look at what is that, how's that impacting the industry in terms of, you know, having what's called unfair data. So fair data principle is findable, accessible, interpretable and reusable. Right. And reusable is pretty crucial because it's the re reuse of this data that actually has a massive, massive impact in terms of life science businesses. So that analytical data, you know, needs to be used. Um, if you're going to, you know, think about innovative R&D using artificial intelligence, well, if your data is in a really poor format and it, it's unusable, it's, it's, and you don't trust the integrity of it, it means that you know buying these AI um, you know softwares, this is really a, a struggle because you, you've got so much energy and, and time and waste that's sort of associated to getting to that point. So where you are going to now start looking at optimizing and, and thinking and trying to sort of you know explore new therapies, um, you know to to bring more efficacious drugs to the market in a safer way and faster. Um, when you don't have good data, then this is you know, pretty much a pipe dream in many cases. And that's why you know, there are talks out there, this is the fifth dawn of AI. And I'd say probably the fourth dawns have all failed because that data was never in a, in a suitable state to, to really jump onto and leverage that, that new sort of data intelligence thinking. Um, you know, the value creation also goes into, um, you know, from reg affairs, uh, it, when you sort of look at the cost of, of uh, bringing a drug to market, it, it's 2.6 billion and the timeline is 10 years. Now, a lot of the impact of the timeline is also you have to submit your um, data related to the safety and how it performs in patient use and sort of all the aspects that go with that. When your data is in an unsuitable format, it takes ages to get it and pull all that report together. And then you've got to make it in a format that's presentable, that's readable and interpretable from the authorities. And if it's not there, they turn it back. And then you go through the cycle again. Now, all this time um, is a detraction away because when you file for um, you know, the target of the patent on that, you've got a fixed amount of time to get it back out to market. So all the time you're taking in these, these sort of reg affairs situations, um, that detracts from, you know, from a, as a sort of pharmaceutical, whether you are going to see that return on investment. And if you don't see the return on investment, you get less drugs coming to market. 
which you know bearing in mind we're all looking to you know think how can we have better lifestyles how can we see the cures for chronic and curable diseases so not being able to, if we can't get more efficacious safer drugs through faster then we as individuals are the ones that lose out on that so so what is your solution then so what do you see the solution to this problem yeah, so, so really this is about, um, you know, we've, we've sort of uh, acquired a company called BSSN um, just over a year ago. And, um, and one of the reasons that uh, has been a key sort of aspect of us to sort of you know, join or um, you know, um, acquiring them is, um, is the fact that we already, our healthcare division of Merck had implemented their technology in. So they were using the, uh, this sort of animal data standard, which is an open standard that's human and, and uh, machine readable. So it's very, very, has a high util utility. Um, also the fact it's open, so you don't have to pay to use it. So it means that you can share data in your organization, external to your organization. It's all meta tags. So it allows you to sort of, you know, create structured data lakes and think, well, what's, what's the importance of that? Well, this is the difference between, you know, having a book that's in a warehouse where you've got a list of what's in the warehouse, but no idea where it is. And then walking into a library where you walk to the front desk and they've got all those cards, index cards. I used to work in the library. I know exactly what it is. There you go. Yeah, exactly. I, <laughs> my white hair showing the, my age now <laughs> i won't do any of my library jokes we'll keep that away <laughs> um so but that's the difference so you can walk in and the the indexing tells you where what what aisle what shelf sure. how far along the shelf and that's what sort of meta tagging is the sort of the analogy to sort of put it into sure. context so so the animal standard allows this um, and so with the BSN technology, we allow, um, we provide converters for over 200 instruments and softwares that convert all these individual vendor specific proprietary standards that don't talk to each other, can't be used in the same way, convert it and harmonize it into one format. Now we're in a position where you can really utilize that data and share that data. Um, we also provide solutions that you can integrate um, the instruments to the leading software systems and then actually command the, you have the leading software command the instruments. And now you've got this real lovely flow of data where sure. you've removed all that wasted human energy that's been, would have previously been there in terms of, you know, cleansing the data, preparing the data, getting it ready to submit. So all of that, and again, that, that's, you know, we sort of think, oh, that doesn't sound that much. Actually, in terms of the industry, that, that costs um, the pharmaceutical industry the tune of, um, you know, about sort of $4.5 billion uh, a year. Um, so it, it's a pretty significant chunk of change. And so realistically, anything to do with the secondary use of data, the energy to get to that point, you know, it, it can be detracting, you know, the uh, you know, scientists and, and the problem solving tasks to the tune of 45% of the time um, in terms of how we get there. So, so that's here we have a solution that really allows people to sort of, you know, integrate current ecosystems that they have because we've got converters for everything. So nobody has to buy brand new for everything and replace their current stuff. They can use their current ecosystem. This BSN technology really is almost like the, the spider and it connects everything up. And enhances everything so it all works that bit better um, and therefore it now moves us away from getting to a point of trying to clean the data and decide whether to actually getting to this top of this sort of pyramid to say right well, what are you going to do with this data now where does it need to go does it need to go in terms of data intelligence does it need to be submitted to the fda or the regulatory authorities it really moves us into those conversations about then how do we get to that point 
because for, for a long time we've never been able to really get there in a very efficient way. So this is where that value creation theme comes in and, and where from a connected lab perspective, what we're trying to achieve um, for our customers. And that's really interesting. But obviously one of the, not concerns, but one of the barriers I'm sure you face is people being reticent to open up their data. And particularly you mentioned it's an open source mm. software. So, I mean, what's the feedback been from customers and also the market in general to yeah, the no. proposition? A great question. I mean, and, and really, when we sort of talk about open data, um, yeah, customers' data is the customers' data. Sure. They own that, um, you know, which, which uh, and so, you know, for, and, and in, in Merck, we, Merck Life Science, we have a sort of a, a customer confidentiality policy um, that has been put in place from the fact that when Merck acquired Sigma Aldrich and SAFC, you know, there was a conflict of interest to the healthcare business of Merck. So, you know, we've done that and we've got sort of experience that that's in place and we had no issues with that whatsoever. So the idea is that the only people from a Merck perspective that would see that data is, is if anybody was in a third level, um, you know, tech support function. who really is not interested in, in what that data is. It's actually about how to fix the problem of getting your data working. So customers own their data yep. uh, and, that, and their open source is great because actually customers don't have to pay. Uh, to have a harmonized data format. And it's about then allowing, and they then grant access to who shares their, who they share their data with. So they have complete control of their data. Um, so, so hopefully, you know, that alleviates any fears people have about open source. It's about customers own their scientific data. It's their, it's their, it's for their business. It's their fuel to, uh, you know, to generating the next um, breakthrough in science. And if this, hopefully as i'm sure you hope and i'm sure it will do gets wider acceptance what do you see the future for this in terms of development within life science and maybe further afield as well in other industries yeah no, that's a great question i think um you know really i think we've got quite a long way to go to get to this sort of harmonized data um, format integrated lab format where that's really built uh, the sort of standards for me it's like the building blocks of a pyramid before we get up to that sort of you know, the secondary use of data and these you know, value creation uh, opportunities that come with data intelligence. Yeah. Um, so I think what we'll see is as we go over, the you know, technology advances at a rapid pace of change and the pragmatism of certain technologies within our life science industry you know, change all the time as well. So I think you know, from, on a near term, you know, I think let's get to that point where we're actually, to, you know, you know, not questioning the data integrity anymore. We're actually confident in that. And then we're making really good scientific predictions based upon that. Um, that and I think that we'll sort of know a little bit more where that comes from. But really, I think that it's really looking at where are the next areas that, that, that um, you know, the healthcare industry, the life science industry looks at itself and says, right, what are, what are, we, inv uh, you know, what are we asking really talented, problem-solving humans to do today? That although essential is not a value-added task uh, or a value creation task. So I mean, I think we looked at that from a material life cycle management and a sort of scientific data management or, or you know, um, you know, data governance perspective um, is, is the two sort of areas we're looking at at the moment. And I think you could look at other areas about right, what what takes humans a long time, but actually is there a way of doing something where they work with a technology 
in partnership with them because also another interesting fact is that data intelligence artificial is is frighteningly clever but at the same time ridiculously stupid so it, it and the error rate between just a human and just a um just an ai is actually quite comparable but if you put them together it actually reduces down significantly to close to zero so you do need that sort of cohesive or cohesive sort of uh, you know, work towards this um, to, uh, to sort of optimize processes. Right. OK, well, look, I know you have to go, so I won't keep you much longer. What I would say is that I understand that you're also doing another presentation on this very subject at another conference yeah. coming up in the Dustin, which I'm also attending as well, thankfully, there you go. which is uh, the Oxford Global Conferences event on uh, Pharmatech, which is right. next week. Uh, so you'll be speaking there. Yeah. Uh, great. So if people would like to listen to Hayden present on value creation and other topics, I'm sure. And if you've got any questions following this, actually, then you can actually register for that. It's actually free if you do it by Thursday. So I'm going to put the link so you can take advantage of that. Um, or if you can't uh, attend that and you've got some questions for Hayden, you can leave some co comments below the videos. I'm sure Hayden will be happy to answer them. But it's actually a very huge topic and a very interesting topic. I mean, it was, it's always interesting when you start looking at new technology and new innovation because it's always about who gets in first but then who can take other people with them so they can be last man standing in some respects. So they become the standard, isn't it really? You know, like the old VHS Betamax or whatever it is that you want to do is trying to get that yeah. buy in. And, and actually what's interesting, I think through the whole lockdown and COVID has created greater collaboration. So hopefully we're seeing greater collaboration between organizations and companies and different parts of life sciences. So hopefully this will lead to more collaboration as well in, on that front as well. Absolutely. Right. Well, uh, Hayden, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Enjoy the sun uh, down in Cornwall. Um, I've got a few other things to myself. So all I say to everybody is, as always, thank you very much for watching. Stay well, stay safe. And until next time, well, keep yourself healthy. Take care.